0: to be here every year and to be able to share uh, the gospel and to share what God is doing here uh, in Johannesburg. And um, it is always uh, our pleasure to be able to come. Amen. I think actually almost every year that I've come, I've come to minister on the last Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, you know, at least uh, you guys know how to end on a, on a high note. <laughs> praise God, praise God. I tell you what, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited uh, to, to be here, but I'm also excited to be sharing with you on this last Sunday of uh, this year 2020. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, you know what? We're going to uh, have an expectation. Praise God. I know, you know, just think about this for a moment. You know, um, last year when I was here, uh, and even the beginning of last year, you know, who would have thought that we would be experiencing a worldwide pandemic? Who would have even given it a thought that you know there would be a financial uh, crisis in many people's lives. Uh, uh, you know the the whole the whole world really practically destabilized. Uh, I don't think that anybody even had that in their minds at all. I know I didn't. And uh, you know last year when we were all here, you know, uh, 2020. Uh, you know I felt well. God is telling me it's year 2020. 2020 vision, you know, I mean, all of the the cliches that we could put on the year 2020. And it turned out to be a year that has challenged all of us. Amen? And, uh, you know, in times like this, it's easy for people, and many people even in the church, it's easy for them to uh, be influenced, as it were, by the fads and the fancies, the, 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 the spookiness of conspiracies. You know, even in the church. I mean, you know, this whole year in the church, people have kind of hooked onto all kinds of conspiracies and this and that. Now, you know, are they maybe conspiracies? Probably. There are some. We don't know. But, uh, you know, for me... I'm convinced that one of the biggest challenges all of us have faced this year and will be facing for next year is the challenge to uh, live a life of faith in the midst of all the stuff that's going on. I'm convinced that the best thing that you and I can do uh, in this time is to become the church that God has created us to be and to actually uh, fight the good fight of faith. Turn with me in your, in your Bibles there. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 11 through to verse 14. Father, we just thank you that at this time, as we come, Lord, I thank you that your Spirit is always with us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is the one who will encourage us, that will enlighten us, will lift us up this morning. Thank you for your Word. Thank you that your Word is powerful. Thank you that your Word is above all of the stuff that's going on uh, in people's lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, I believe it's so important for us to fight the good fight of faith, to live a life of faith, Brothers and sisters, we've got to remember, as believers, all of us have people who are looking to us. People say, well, I'm not a church leader, I'm not a leader. If you are a believer, you're a leader. If you are a believer, somebody is looking at your life. And if our lives are not any different... To everybody else out there, then what kind of a witness are we actually going to be for the kingdom? And so I believe that it is so important that at this moment, at this time, for us all to live a life of faith, to live by faith, to live our lives through faith uh, for ourselves, for the, 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 our family, the people we love and also the people that we are to reach. Because it is in a time like this where the light of the church, the light of Jesus Christ, can truly shine brighter in a darker moment. Hallelujah. See, His his light is always bright. But it seems to be brighter when it becomes darker. Now, you know... uh, to give you just an example of, I don't know your story, I don't know what's been going on in your life, but I can just tell you some of the things that has gone on in our lives. You know, Last year, we every year we come back, we've lived in the States now for 10 years, and so every year we come back to South Africa at this time during Christmas time to spend time with my family. I still have Two children that live here with their families and grandchildren. Uh, Kathy's mom and dad lives here in Johannesburg. Uh, my sister lives in Middleburg. And so we come and visit and become, you know, and then get invited to come and speak, which is wonderful. But we come to visit our family. And uh, and then we also minister here usually in January, beginning February. We minister all over the United, uh, all over uh, South Africa, sometimes in Zimbabwe, uh, and and so when we went back last year, uh, after we had finished our trip here, we went back, and my ministry and our ministry is a traveling ministry, uh, a conference speaking. So you know, I had a schedule. My schedule was booked from from like the middle of February. I had conferences. I had church meetings. I had, uh, you know, of course, I teach at Karis Bible College in Colorado. And so I, you know, my whole schedule was booked right through to the middle of June of this year. And so, you know, we come here, we minister here, we spend time with our family. We, we, uh, uh, um, when we go home, usually, you know, we have kind of depleted our financial Uh, 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 what would you call it, Uh, resources uh, so that... But, you know, I'm going home and and we're going back to a good schedule. And so we, you know, God provides. Hallelujah. And uh, no sooner did we arrive back in the United States when everything started being locked down. And my whole schedule got cancelled. And I mean, I... I looked at Kathy and and we were were hoping that, you know, some of the meetings would still continue. But just one after another, the conferences got canceled. The church meetings got canceled. Even teaching at Karis got canceled. Thank God they did some stuff on Zoom, you know. And all of a sudden, uh, that which I was relying upon for our... Uh, for our ministry, for our own personal finances, all of a sudden, I, it all just drained away. And I can remember, you know, sitting in one day and I said to Kathy, I said, all, everything is canceled. What are we going to do? You know, I mean, financially, I don't know if we can, we can maybe make it another month. And so all of a sudden, and so, uh, you know, we, we, we prayed about it. Uh, of course, we, we trusted God. And within within a week or two, uh, at home, our uh, microwave—it's a built one of those built-in microwaves, you know, big, not just a little one that you can go buy at game. It's a big one that's built in. I, <laughs> I, that broke, and so now, now I've got to I've got to replace that. Uh, a, a week or two later. I was uh, eating something very, I, I don't know, it wasn't even something I broke one of my crowns on my tooth. Now, you know, at, let me tell you, you, know, if you if you go to a dentist in America, it, it, it can cost you the same price as buying a car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are, they are uh, you know, years ago, Kathy had some dental work that we got quoted in America. Twenty-five thousand dollars to do the dental work on her mouth. We had it done here, and it was five. It came to five thousand dollars. All the work that needed to be done, we did it here. I just give you an idea. So you know, to go and have a, a another crown put on, oh, that cost a couple of thousand dollars. And then, no sooner, about um, uh, not even three weeks later, uh, you know, we had a, our, a built-in double ovens in the house. All of a sudden, Kathy came. One day, she switched on the oven to start cooking some, or I think she wanted to make some rusks for us. You know, we, we, we make our own rusks. Uh, and, you know, we don't have Omar there, so we, <laughs> so we have our own rusks in South Africa. She put on the oven, and I mean, don't take my rusks away, you know. Put it on, the whole thing broke. So now I, now I have to replace that. And then, you know, as we were going through the, uh, the month after that, uh, our car, uh, I had to, the one tire got a problem. And so I said, well, I, you know, I go, I'll go put on a new tire. Oh, no, no, no. If you, on this particular car, if you have replaced the one tire, you have to replace them all. It's an it's an SUV, uh, all wheel drive, and it messes apparently with, uh, with and and so I had to replace. I mean, just one thing after another, and that's when I realized, you know, we just we just have to, even if all of these things, it's it's it, The lockdown was already a bad thing, and then all of these things on top of one another. See, now I don't know your story. I don't know what's been going on in your life, but I believe that, you know, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, 11 through to verse 14. uh, I'm going to just read this out of the old King James. The old King James goes like this. He says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Of course, this is where Paul is giving instruction to a young minister. And he's warning him. He's giving him some uh, wisdom about what to avoid in life. And he says now, he says, thou, O man of God, free these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. And then he says this, fight the good fight of faith. Lay a hold. Now listen to these words. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay a hold on eternal life whereunt, whereunto thou art called. I want you to listen carefully. What he's saying is this. He says it's going to take a fight of faith to lay upon uh, the eternal life or the zoe life. That eternal life there is not just, unfortunately, you know, the, the way things are translated in our English language. We sometimes so miss so much. It says eternal life, so we think about, you know, we're going to live forever. And, and listen, let me tell you, if eternal life only meant that I'm going to live forever one day with the Lord, that's pretty good, right? But it's way more than that. It's a quality of life. You have been called unto the, the, the eternal zoe, the life of God, the same life that is sustaining God on, uh, uh, on His throne, yeah. that has in all eternity sustained God, you and I have been wow. called unto that kind of a life. Amen. That's your calling. Oh, that's it's my calling to live, experience this life that it says, uh, "Whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. He says, I give you charge. Paul says, I give you a charge. The, the word charge there in the Greek literally means an authoritative prescription. You know how, that if you go to the doctors and uh, the doctor examines you, say you have you're in some kind of an ailment and the doctor examines you and he writes out a prescription. A prescription is something for you to follow for your benefit. Mm-hmm. And so this is exactly what uh, Paul is saying. He says, I give you charge or an authoritative prescription um, that says, uh, in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that you keep this commandment. Now, again, that word commandment is authoritative prescription that you keep this authoritative prescription without spot, unrebukable, unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in Christianity, over the years, uh, there has been a lot taught on faith. You know, uh, I come, of course, in my young age, oh, yeah. I, uh, I come and have come through you know the late the early uh, 1980s with the faith movement and thank god for the faith movement i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the faith movement but you know so much has been taught on faith there's there's th- so much has been taught on the importance of faith there is so much information today books have been written i mean there's there's courses that you and i can get onto to uh, learn about faith and learn uh, how we live faith and to learn the importance of faith. But yet I find that even still today, the majority of people are still in a place where they're confused about, uh, or let's put it maybe this way, have a misunderstanding about living a life of faith. For so many people, there's almost this unnatural uh, struggle the moment they want to step up and follow the prescription of Paul. Fight the good fight of faith. For so many people, and, and, and I know for myself, this is something I've witnessed in my own life over and over again. Uh, and, and the moment when things start going skew in your life and you, and you get, get up and say, you know what, I am going to live by faith, I'm going to trust God. There's almost this, this, uh, this unnatural resistance that, that happens uh, that, that brings people down to a place where they struggle to actually step out and actually start trusting God you know the majority of preaching and teaching that i've heard over the years especially on faith and living a life of faith has really uh, been presented now i want to qualify this so that because this is going out you know i want to qualify this when i when i say this i'm not always sure if it was taught this way and or or, 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 or if it's just the way i interpreted things. I think it's maybe sometimes a mixture of the way we interpret things and the way things have been taught. But I found that for so much of the teaching that has been taught on faith, it's been presented in a way that living a life of faith really is only for the strong. You know, you listen to many people teach about Living a life of faith. And be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith. It's It's always encouraging you to be strong. If you're going to be strong enough, you're going to be a strong Christian. If you're going to be a mature man of God. If you're going to be a disciplined man or woman of God. You know, a man of faith is a disciplined man. You know, you can get some good amens from that. It's about the healthy and the bold. Oh, be bold. Come on. Uh. <laughs> and you know, uh, and so what, what this does uh, for many people is that uh, a lot of people listen and, and, and have been taught or have been uh, presented the gospel in, in that way. And, and the truth is, the truth is that most people. That come to church uh, live really sometimes less than ideal lives. Um, it didn't go down the same. That's <laughs> true. I mean, the most of the people that come and sit are not necessarily the bold and the strong. Most of the people in church are not necessarily the most mature. Right? I, is it I, I, Pastor said all of us. I agree. And sometimes when we look at it from that way, see the truth is that the majority of people that we come in contact with are people who are weak, people who who are hurting, people who are wounded, and and people who are afraid. You know, even now in this time that we're living in. All you have to do is walk around and walk around in the malls. Walk around where people gather and see the fear on people's faces. And so if we say that we're going to live a life of faith, if I encourage you today to live a life of faith, but in order for you to live a life of faith, you need to be strong and you need to be bold and you need to be the mature, then most of us are disqualified. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, I don't believe that people, people don't want to live by faith. It's just that what we've done is that we have, and when I say we, I believe as preachers and teachers, we've somehow uh, caused people to be disqualified from living a life of faith. And instead of stepping out and living a life, of experiencing a life of faith, so many people are stepping back and saying, "You know what? I I I I I don't qualify. I can't do that. God's not going to come through for me." You see, uh, go with me to Galatians, Galatians, and we're going to have a look at uh, Galatians there. See, I believe that, that this this is. The reason why the gospel is good news. That's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news to the poor. Good news. Jesus said, I've come to to bring the good news for the poor, for the sick, the blind. The, The gospel is good news. In fact, Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of this good news message for it is the power of God unto soteria unto salvation. Yes. Hallelujah. It is the power that will bring and and what I love about this is if you read there in Romans chapter 1 where Paul says I'm not ashamed of this gospel prior the verses prior to that he says I'm come to preach this gospel to the to the the, uh, the 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 Greeks and the barbarians. Wow. Who were the Greeks? The Greeks were the educated. They were the cultured. They were, for most of it, the rich. And Paul says, and for the barbarians, who were the barbarians? They were the uncultured. The uneducated. They were most probably mostly the poor. And Paul is saying, I'm, I'm ready to preach this gospel to you that are at Rome. I'm ready to preach it because this gospel should work for everyone. Amen. That's right. That's good. It should work and it should be real for every person. Amen. You see, I believe that walking and living a life of faith, and I want to encourage you this morning. I want you to be able to, to end this year and enter into the new year knowing that you can, you can begin to live a life of faith and it begins by knowing who you can go to. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your friend. Turn to your, your enemy. I don't know. You know. Just, just say to them, you need to know who to go to. You need to know... turn to see the beginning of faith is knowing who you can turn to the beginning of faith is knowing that our focus is not upon our faith oh come on see the focus is not on your faith what i mean by that the focus is not on your ability to produce enough faith for your situation. Oh, hallelujah. It's not about focusing on, do I have enough faith? Do I have faith for this? What faith is it going to take? You no, know, do, I, do I have overcoming faith? Your focus is supposed to be on the one to whom you're turning. The one whom you're looking at. Because you see, I I always say this, and, and I don't want to digress here, but I always say this. I say, Jesus had faith for, you need to have faith in. See, everything you're facing today, Jesus had faith for the answer. Oh, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't hear what I'm saying. Jesus is the one who has faith for your healing, not you. Well, I don't know if I have faith for healing. You don't need faith for healing. Jesus had faith for your healing. Well, I don't know if I have faith for God's uh, prosperity in my life. Jesus had faith for your prosperity. Amen. And He showed us His faith never fails. Amen. Good. I like that. Oh, good. All you are called to do is turn to the one you can believe in. Hallelujah. See, when you realize that it is... His responsibility to believe, and he has already believed for anything and everything that you're going to need for life and godliness. He has already believed for it, purchased it, got it, and all it takes is for us to believe in him. Hallelujah! Man, I tell you that, that that's a whole teaching all by itself, but I, you know, once you can understand that. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 says this. And <coughs> this is the key for me. Paul says, and, and I'm going to read this out of the amplified version. It says, For we, for if we are in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, is there any believers here today? One, two, three. Oh. So if you're a believer then the scripture says you are in Christ Jesus. It also says, and Christ is in you. Yeah, but, but the emphasis here is you are in Christ Jesus. Uh, you, you, you don't go in and fall out every now and then. Oh, did you hear what I'm saying? You're not in Jesus one moment and then the next moment you fall out. No, you're in Jesus and you're there And nothing, the Bible says, nothing can take you out of His hand. Nothing. You understand nothing means nothing? Yes, but Arthur, what if? No, not even the what ifs can take you out. Amen. You are in Christ. He says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything. Man, I can't even go there yet. But I want to go to this. He says, but only faith, The King James says, the faith that works by love. Faith that works. You see, you might be here and you might say, you know, well, I've stepped out in faith, but it's like my faith doesn't work. See, faith can only ever work in love. Boy, I guess... If you can get listen to the Amplify. Amplified says, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Now I know that over the years I have heard many people teach on this. In fact, I taught on this many a years. And my emphasis was always on this. Well, if your faith is not working, it's because you're not loving enough. Because faith works by love. And so we used to teach, and and some people still teach, that faith operates, faith is energized when you will walk in love towards other people. And if you are loving and kind and and, and show love to other people, then your faith is going to work. I'm here to tell you today, that is error. It's not true. The truth is, it is the love of God for you that energizes and activates faith in your life. See, what we've got to understand is that Paul, in other words, this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that love, uh, 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 or the unconditional love of God, because the word love there is, is the, the agape of God, the, the love of God, uh, the unconditional love of God, activates and, and sets faith in motion. It activates, and that's the literal Greek. The literal Greek says, Because faith is set in action by the love of God. Therefore, now think about this for a moment. Therefore, if uh, love activates uh, your faith, if love, the love of God, uh, motivates faith, then faith is not the end goal. Wow. Come on now, I want you to. Then, 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 then faith is not the end goal of our focus. Love is. The love of God is the focus, it is the, it's the one to whom we turn. And when we turn to the one, the only one who has the capacity to love you unconditionally, when you turn to Him, then faith is activated. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is energized. You can't help but have faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. It is the love of God that uh, gives, uh, as it were, for me context to our faith. For so long we've we have made faith the goal. I'm I'm trying to get faith. I'm trying to have enough faith for this, which you don't have the capacity. Now the Bible says very clearly. I'm I, I, I've got to go here because I know that there are some of you are going to say, but the Bible says that God has given us. Uh, the measure of faith yes you see that faith trust in christ is the measure he's given you that's the measure he has given you he's not given you a measure to believe for something he's only given you the measure to believe in someone See, that's why every time you try to believe for something, it becomes, there's this unnatural hindrance. There's this unnatural, I can't do this. I don't have enough faith. I know you don't have. Because that's not the faith you've been given. The faith you've been given is to to believe in someone. And when you do believe and turn to the love of god demonstrated in the person of jesus christ who is the love of god when you turn to him faith is activated Amen. Yes, sir. oh hallelujah yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 that faith is enough for anything and everything you've ever tried to believe for Amen. because he's the one who has done the hard work Amen. Thank you, oh thank you jesus see i believe that this is exactly what Jesus taught his disciples. Now, he didn't sit down and teach them in word. He taught them through their experience with him. They learned, the disciples learned, through interaction with Jesus, the Son of God. They learned some things that I believe you and I need to learn. And I want to begin this here today by, by, by just looking at a couple of verses. This is not profound, but I believe it is, uh, you know, the Bible talks about God has secrets. It says the secrets of God. It's not that God has gone and said, I'm going to keep the secret. It's actually that term secret means there are things that are hidden from us because of us. It's things that you and I are not aware of. It's in the open for us to see. But what happens is religion, what did Paul say? He said religion puts a veil over the eyes and the hearts of those who trust in themselves. Amen. So let's go and have a look. Go with me and turn with me. And uh, let's look there at Luke chapter 8. I'm going to read from verse 22 through to verse 25. And as we go through... Now, uh, this, I believe, is exactly what Jesus taught his disciples. And I believe that this is something that you and I uh, will need to learn in order to successfully live a life of faith. Because how many of you have heard the, the... of course, the Bible says this, in Romans it says, without faith is impossible to please God, right? And, for, and, and, and this is what people have done. It's true that God is tremendously pleased when you live a life of faith. The, faith, the, the life of faith, He's designed for you to, live, to believe in, trust in His Son. God delights in that. But what we've done in many circles, we have transitioned that. Well, God is not pleased if you don't have faith. Meaning, God can't do for you which he said he has already done if you don't have faith. Amen. How many, I, I can see some of you saying, yeah, yeah, but, but if I don't have faith, I, I, hear, I, hear, preach, I, I hear many of my contemporaries, I, um, um, people I love, and they'll say, well, you know, if you don't have faith, God, God can't help you. Uh, well, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Let's go and have a look. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It says, now it came to pass on a certain day, that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said to them, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, you can see the story. He has Jesus. If you read prior to this, Jesus and his disciples were ministering to a multitude of people. Uh, he'd, he'd, he'd been praying for the sick. He'd uh, healed the sick. Uh, And then he goes to his disciples and he says, let's get in the boat and let's launch over to the other side of the lake. And the Bible says that, um, and they launched forth. So here's Jesus, Jesus, let's go. Get in the boat, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. The disciples are, yes, Jesus. Ah, we're going to trust you. We're getting in the boat. And so they are immediately in a place where they say, you know what, I'm going to trust God here. I'm going to trust Jesus here. We're going to get in this boat. We're going over to the other side of the lake. Now, now, watch what happens. So they step out in faith. They step out in faith, trusting Jesus. How many times have we not got to the place where where Jesus, where the Word of God instructs us and we say, yes. I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna launch forth, Jesus. And so you you launch forth, you start. It's like this year, you know, all the stuff that's been going on. I'm gonna trust you, Lord, I'm gonna do this, man. I tell you what. You might even call the pastor and say, you know, Pastor, I tell you what, I'm tired of of losing, I'm gonna take this by faith. And then you step out. And it says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Sometimes it's like when you start to trust Jesus, it's like he falls asleep. (laughs) And you know, (laughs) have you ever thought about that? It's like I'm going to trust you. I mean, you're expecting Jesus to be right there and say, come on. And then all of a sudden it's like, Jesus? Jesus falls asleep because he knows the future. He knows exactly that if you step out, he doesn't have to go and sit on the throne and go, am I, I'm trusting. It's done. You know, when when your work is done, you chill. Okay, so he he falls asleep. (laughs) They launch forth, Jesus falls asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake now i want you to listen to these words and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy everybody say filled with water notice it doesn't say i don't know i used to read this but this is what i what i heard the boat started leaking A storm of wind came down and then the boat started leaking. It doesn't say that. It says th- the storm came down and the boat was filled. This bottle, it's a little left there, but, it's, but for all intents and purposes, it's, it's filled. If I take the cap off here and I give it a squeeze. What, I'm, what, I'm, what is that telling us? It tells us very clearly that the boat was filled with water. Now, think about this. I, want you to, I, I, just, I just want you to think. Don't be too spiritual now. Just think about... No, really. Because sometimes we read things so and we're so spiritual that we don't get... The boat was filled with water. Have you ever seen the kind of boats that they used to sail in in those days? In fact, somebody showed us that they were, in, they were in Israel and they actually went to a place where they had a replica of those boats. It only had, a four, I think it was a four-foot draft. That means from the edge of the brim of the boat to the bottom of the keel was four foot. If those boats were filled with water, only went one direction, and it wasn't to the other side. <laughs> it only went down. Do you understand? I mean, this is not the boat is starting to leak, but it's at, thank God it's still afloat. No, this boat is filled with water. I want you to see something that these guys didn't even realize. The boat was filled with water, but they didn't sink. Oh, come on, give the Lord a hand. The boat was filled with water. And it didn't sink. Sometimes the stuff of life can fill your boat. And you think you're drowning. But the truth is, you're still afloat. (laughs) You know, just because your boat is filled doesn't mean you'll sink yeah. so there now it says and they came to him so can you imagine the disciples they are wading through the water to get to the back of the boat i don't understand how jesus could be sleeping on a pillow at the back of a boat see i've been in the navy i was in the army i know what it's like to sleep on a pillow that's wet you don't sleep Jesus, that, But these people are wading through waist-high water in a ship, which is not sinking. And they come to Jesus. And it says that uh, they came to Him, you know, the, the, that word there, to, to fill in the Greek, to be filled in the Greek, literally means to fill to completion. <laughs> Amen. And they came to him, woke him, saying, Master, 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 we perish. And he now listen to this. He arose, rebuked the wind, the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. They most probably had to start throwing all the water out the boat. Right? And notice here, now listen to Jesus. And he said to them, Where is your faith. You know, you don't say to somebody, where is your faith, if they have faith. Now here's the disciples, brothers and sisters, they they with Jesus on the boat. And Jesus, he comes and he says, where's your faith? And they were afraid, wondering, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. You know, if, if you go, there's several, are several in the, in the different uh, gospels, there's several places where this, this account is recorded. If you go to Mark, you don't have to turn there, Mark chapter 8, verse 24. This is what it says about the whole thing. If you say to me, I don't, I'm not sure if the boat was really full. Listen to this one. The ship was now covered with the waves of the sea. Have you ever seen a ship covered with the waves? That means it's full. Right? Are you with me here? I mean, Mark. You can turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 36. And it says, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took Him, even, took him Jesus, even as He was in the ship. And they were with Now, this is interesting. There were also with him other little ships. So so they didn't have just the one ship. They They had many other little ships that went with them, and they suffered the same consequences. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Full. The word there... It was now full or to, to, to uh, yeah, it was now full. That phrase in the Greek means to fill entirely. Now listen to this one. And he was in the hinder part of the ship or the back part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? See, I tell you, this is sometimes the biggest mistake we make. Is that we think God doesn't care. That we think that when we're in a difficult place in our lives and things don't seem like it's working out, that we get to the place where we think God doesn't really care. He's got bigger things. Some people will even say, I mean, I saw somebody just yesterday on Facebook put this... In a response to one of my tweets or one of my, uh, not tweets, one of my posts on my, on my Facebook page. And they were saying, well, you know, uh, God has chosen this path of pain for my life. <laughs> because, because what they really believe is God's got other bigger things to worry about than to worry about me. Or to, to be concerned for my life. Guys, again, I, I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you're even facing right now. But I want you to know that God cares. And this this is what Jesus taught his disciples right here. He says, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, listen to Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Can you see? Can I want you to see that. Can you see the disciples had no faith? Now, how many of you know Jesus could walk on water? In fact, Jesus proved the day that he walked on water... He actually was going to pass by His disciples who were in the midst of a storm on the sea or on the lake. That means that Jesus didn't only walk on calm waters. Jesus could walk on a stormy sea of water. I want you to see Jesus did... This is what you don't see here. Jesus doesn't... When he looks at the disciples and he sees the storm and he sees the boat is filled with water. Jesus doesn't get out of the boat (laughs) on the water and say to his disciples, where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? Don't you realize that if if you could just if one of you could just have shown me a little bit of faith I could save you He didn't get out the boat and say all you needed to do is have a little bit of faith and I could save you but now unfortunately because you have no faith I can't save you I love you I've I've been I've been there for you I've done everything for you but because you have no faith oh, bye, bye. <laughs> But yet I mean isn't that what we've been taught. No, awesome. we no, I want you to see something here. That even though they had no faith, Jesus still saved them. Oh, come on. That's Don't pat coat. Give the Lord a big hand. Jesus still saved. He still delivered his disciples even though they had little or no faith whatsoever. Good. He didn't say, don't you realize that without faith is impossible to please me and right now I'm just not pleased. <laughs> no, I'm sure Jesus was disappointed in the fact that they didn't because that's why he said to them, where's your faith? But that doesn't mean He's going to leave you without salvation, leave you without deliverance, leave you without the miracle you need in your life. See, what they discovered, Jesus caused them to realize that to God, people are way more important than their ability to have everything just right. They realized that day. See, brother and sister, I believe that for us to, to begin to walk and live by faith, we have to come to this realization that it is, it is even from the very place of having no faith that you will know the one to whom you can turn. See, they knew. They, they turned to the right person. When they turned to Jesus... See, the gospel is about God loving people and, and, and loving people in spite of their inabilities. In spite of their ability to do right, or to be right, or to have it all together. Living and experiencing a life of faith. Living and experiencing, and, ex- and experiencing the wonderful blessing of living by faith in this year to the end of this year and next year uh, is not just for the strong and the mature and the disciplined and the healthy and the bold. It is for every one of us. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, knowing that you can turn to the right person. Yeah. That, that the face of God is not turned away from you. Hallelujah. Living a life of faith begins by discovering the love of God that values people. Values people's uh, e- even though they don't have faith. Living a life of faith begins when you cry out, help. When you come and say I, I have no, I've no, I've got no wisdom here, I don't have, and you just cry out, help. And know that your father is there to help you in a time of need. Hallelujah. Come on. Give the Lord a big hand. Knowing. Knowing. You see, this morning I want to leave you. You know this verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through uh, verse 16. Uh, the, The writer of Hebrews says, he says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Seeing then that you have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us boldly oh hallelujah let us hold fast our profession our profession trusting in him for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities brother you got to see this whole year did not catch God of God of God this whole year, whatever's happened, he is touched with, and that word infirmities there is your wants, uh, your want of strength. Uh, he is familiar with your weakness. He's not, he, I mean, it's not like God can't understand. He understands. Jesus understands that the, see, the incarnation. Is your guarantee and my guarantee. I am never alone. I am never alone. Why? Emmanuel. God with us. In fact, I like to put it this way. When Jesus became a man, it is not just God with us. It's God one of us. Because he took on human flesh. He became one of us. And you never alone. You are never alone. And he says, He's touched with the feelings of your infirmities, but was in all points tempted and tested like you are, yet without sin. Let us therefore now come boldly. Amen. This morning I'm going to encourage you come boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Hallelujah. Are you encouraged this morning? Man, bring this year to an end and say, you know what? I'm encouraged. And I am going to come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Where... God doesn't have a stick to beat you. When you come to the throne of grace, He doesn't reach behind the, 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 the throne and pull out a, 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 a knob kitty, you know? What they call What do they call a sambok. He doesn't he don't say, ah, Why don't you believe? No, no, no. When you come to his, his throne of grace, the only thing you receive is mercy God mercy means God treating you better than you deserve oh hallelujah how many of you are ready to come boldly this morning let's all stand together let's all stand together hallelujah thank you father thank you Jesus you know I'm I I don't want to you know just cause this service to go on forever But I really want to encourage you. If if this message has encouraged you and you say, you know what? I know the one to whom I can turn. And I want to come boldly. Then I want you to just step out to pray with you. Would that be okay with God? Hallelujah. Like I said, I don't know your story. You know, when, when Kathy and I, just a couple of months ago, we've now been through this lockdown. Our ministry basically of what we do came to a halt. And just when the, when, when, when the, the fall, autumn started, Kathy and I were sitting on our deck at our home. And I look back and I said to her, how did we make it through this? Everything fell apart. Remember what I said earlier? Every meeting canceled. Finances seemingly dried up. But it was the most amazing thing. Was it five, six months afterwards? Six months after everything we were sitting there and Kathy and I looked at each other and said, our ministry has got more money in the bank than we even have had ever before. Savings. Savings. Personally, our personal finances, I mean, I, I shook my head. I said, how is this possible? Because everything that I was expecting is the way that I was going to provide fell away. But God's supernatural. I'm telling you, it's supernatural. Used people, used circumstances, used situations to prosper our ministry, prosper us to a place where we came through and Kathy and I just shook our heads and say. I mean, we should actually be bankrupt. I mean, at, at, when, when this all happened, Kathy was like, how are, we gonna, how are we going to go back to South Africa to go see our family? We're not going to have the money. Man, our tickets and stuff were paid two months ago already. might be you might be looking at your situation and the problem is fear comes because we cannot see how we can change it but come boldly so just where you are right now i want to pray with you but i want you to just lift your hands and just surrender and turn To the one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or even think today. And say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come boldly to you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you the one I am turning to today. Thank you that you have faith for, but I have faith in you. Thank you, Lord, for mercy treating me, giving me better than I deserve, even in the midst Of this dark time. time. Thank you that your light. Is shining brighter. And brighter. Brighter. And brighter. brighter Brighter. Until the morning day. day. In Jesus name. name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now I want you to go. And I want you to have an expectation. I'm, I'm telling you. I mean Kathy and I we're not we're not out of the woods yet you know I mean we still gotta go but I want to tell you I have an expectation I have an expectation that God is going to and is doing and has already provided for everything I'm ever gonna need I mean our situation was so dire that we were saying are we gonna lose our house and I look back now and I see that ain't going to happen. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You might be looking and say, well, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose that. No, let me just tell you now. God didn't prosper you to see you lose it all. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you going to go trusting Expectation. Yes. Man, I tell you, when you see somebody today I love this man's mask. He's got a big old smile on that. Let them see that smile. Let them ask him, what are you smiling about? He said, I have an expectation. I have an expectation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because everybody's walking. They have an expectation, but they expect it to get worse. I'm expecting it to get better. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you guys So good to have spent this time with you again Hallelujah Praise God We hope this message has been a blessing to you Thank you for listening To find out more about how you can become a partner Visit faithhill.tv today